She, tell, she knows me very well because she tells me what to do. <laughs> Amen. You know, uh, I was in prayer this morning, and it's funny, we were back there in the back, and, and Mary was saying that God's going to do something unexpected today. And I had to chuckle on the inside because uh, when I was at home and I was with my wife and I was praying, I said, Tisha, I need $20. And she said, for what? I said, I just feel like God's going to do something different today. And she said, okay. She started reaching in the wallet and get $20. And I said, I need four other people to get $20. Can I get four people that got $20 uh, that can bring and partner with my $20? And if you got the $20, just lift it up high and I'll get somebody, one person to come grab the $20. Well, two people to come get the 20. And just put it right here on this speaker. Put it right here on this speaker. And the Lord, as I, I was reading through the scripture and he, something jumped out for me. Just lay it right there on that speaker. And I begin to think about our identity and coming into our identity. And there's somebody the Lord placed on my heart today that he wanted to share uh, another realm of who he is to them. But they have been distracted by things uh, in this, this life that we're dealing with. When God says, I have so much more open and ready for that person. Uh, Demetrius, stand up. Demetrius, can you see this? Did I talk to you this morning? Did I talk to you any time about this? The Lord says... He wants you to see that he's already has provision for you. You were worried about this. You've been focused and up all night thinking about this. While the Lord was already working. I didn't talk to anybody in this room that came up here. They were getting dressed, doing their own thing. They didn't know that that $20 that they put in their pocket was going to come up here and be in this pot and that it was for you. There are many obstacles that you face right now. And you have been trying to get to what God has already told you, the word that he already spoken over you, that my God shall supply your needs according to his riches. My God shall supply your needs according to his riches. Are you with me? His riches are endless. Are you with me? There's something that God wants to show you about himself and that he wants to, as a mirror, as Jim preached before, he wants you to behold him in a mirror. And when you see him, you actually see who he created you to be. 
So if his riches are endless, God says, you have a channel to heaven. And that all you have to do is step into your identity and see that God says that I have, according to my riches, for you to have access to, for not just yourself, but for the kingdom and the things that I have called you to do in the earth. I'm going to release you to get it in a minute, but I want you to wait for a second. Do you see, as you're waiting, he said, do you still see it? It it hasn't moved. What God says I have for you has not moved. Though you have to tarry and you're waiting for it to happen, are you with me? You're in a waiting process. Sometimes you get weary in the waiting. This is not just for him. This is for somebody out there that God had a promise for your life. It could have been your family restored. It could have been your marriage coming back together. It could have been a new job, a new career. Something opened that God said, can you see it? I'm putting a pause right there. You're going to have to catch this today. You're going to have to catch this today. Phil, Rhoda, lift your hands. I saw you. You were walking through a desert, but you weren't thirsty. You were walking through a desert, a dry desert, and you got to a desert full of thirsty and dry people. And I saw you take your fist like a hammer and strike the ground. And then when you struck the ground, the ground began to shake and a river, a well popped up, a hidden well. God says, I'm going back to redig a well in that dry area. And he says, I'm sending you there. And when you strike the ground, when you set up a, a topos, a position of opportunity, he said, I will wa- ride the wave of your obedience and your faith. And I will bring forth a well that was lying dormant in that area. And I will see houses and multitudes of people coming to Jesus Christ and being saved and being, being drinking from that well that was, once, that, that was once hidden that's always been there. He said, the earth is mine and, and the fullness thereof. He said, there's no dry place where my grace and my love goes. You got to catch this. Dr. Palmer. I see you like uh, as I as I was praying. It's amazing that I ran into you right there because God said like your hand is like a, 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 a like the Midas touch videos where it would touch things and it turn to gold. He said that whatever you're touching in this season, he says, I'm going to show you that I'm going to get gold out of it. And the more you touch and the more you declare to me, the more you give to me, he said, the more gold you're going to see, the more gold you're going to reveal, the more treasure that is hidden. He said, I'm going to expose the, the goodness in people, the goodness in cities, the goodness in neighborhoods. He says, I'm going to bring forth the gold and the treasures of this earth through your hands. Mark and Rachel, God said, you haven't seen much. You think you've seen a lot, but you haven't seen much. 
He said, you have built blocks with houses. He said, but I have almost like cities of neighbor, neighborhoods and cities that he says, I am putting in your, your guidance and your trust. He said, you're going to be able to begin a season of building uh, real fast neighborhoods and communities. And he says, that the more that he put on your heart, the more you're going to build. And he, said, he says, that as, as, as you can dream it, as you can see it, he says, I'm going to manifest it and I'm going to bring resources from the north, south, east and west for your hands and the more you give back to me I'm going to give back to you and, and I was looking for Ray I don't see Ray Diani but, but somebody catch this for Ray he said the Lord told me in prayer this morning that from seed time and harvest he's moving that gap and that it's going to be seed time harvest for his life and he says, though, he's going to see rapid build throughout his company. He's going to see rapid expansion throughout his company. And everyone connected to him is going to receive a multitude of abundance of rain in their life. He said, because it's not about Ray, it's about those that are connected to Ray. He says, I'm going to show the like a water hose. I'm going to release it from the spigot and it's going to flow. The same water, the same anointing, the same grace is going to flow all the way through his company down to the lowest person in that company. Yeah. Or do you still see it? See, he's waiting a little different. See, it's something about when you can see what God has for you. See, sometimes we get our, almost like a cataract vision when it comes to the things of God. We hear somebody say it, we hear somebody declare it, but we, we kind of get lost in the waiting process. We, we see other people receiving from God. I, I know you from somewhere. When, when, I, when you lift your hand, you're, you're such, I'm sorry, I'm told you're going to have to catch this today. When you lift your hands earlier, God says you're like a, a warrior in the spirit that you're releasing a, a war dance and it's shaking the ground like buffalo running. When, and it's going to vibrate. He says they're going to know that I come, that I'm coming and that I'm bringing down things that were being held back and held up by principalities. He said the devil is a squatter and a liar and as you come he's going to hear the ground shaking like a herd of buffalo. That herd of buffalo he said that is me and my army coming with you. When you show up you don't look like much but he says all the kingdom of heaven shows up with you and if you open your mouth and you declare he says I will release something that will shake every chain and break every chain that's holding captive the things that are mine. Do you still see it? Do you still see it? Are, are you, you got a little different weight for it now, don't you? See, now the joy of the Lord is his strength. I mean, it's something when you can behold what you, when you can get your eyes off of your stuff and onto what God said about you. Are you with me? I'm going to release something over you. I want you to catch this. Lift your hands. I got to catch this. 
See, my, my daughter, when I have a ball, and it's, it's amazing that we were doing it in that back room with, with Jordan and Emily's little daughter. She had her hands open wide, wanting to catch this ball that I was throwing at her. And, and, and Pastor Jim said, she can do this all day. It's something where you can sit in a posture of ready to receive. And, and I watched Jim behind her with his hands big, and he was catching the ball, and she thought she was. <laughs> That's how God is with us. Sometimes God says, I got something big coming your way. And we like that little toddler with our hands out. Are you with me? Somebody's eyes about to get big for this one. Because you're about to get something big in your life. There's something good about to happen in your life. Oh, I, I feel it. I feel it. Second, uh, first, uh, gener uh, not generation, good God almighty. I'm thinking generational wealth. You don't know what I'm, I done tapped into something different here now. It's not about me and mine. It's about where God's got deep, 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 deep down in this. Are, are you with me? There's something that God says, get your eyes off yourself. Know that he said, the earth is mine, the fullness thereof. He said, you're supposed to cover the earth with my glory. You can't do that if you're sitting there with nothing. Are you with me? Somebody say, use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Hallelujah. Can you still see it, Demetri? You, you look like you're dazing over there. You still got your eyes on it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 2. I want you to catch this. Hallelujah. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12 first. I'm coming back to two. This word is for you. Say, this is for me. Now the Lord has said to Abram, get thee, this is verse one, get thee out of the, your, thy country and from the, the kinders and from the father's house unto the land that I will show you. Somebody say, to the land that I will show you. See, some of you have been stuck in your past, your history. And God says, I am moving you somewhere else, Demetrius. I'm moving you to sing the promise for your life. And if you're still back, you're looking at the fight that you had with your wife. You're still looking at your kids that you once kissed and now they talk back to you. You're still looking back at how mama used to do it, daddy used to do it. You're still in the past. You're not going to move when God says to go. He says, get out of your father's house unto the land that I will show you. And he says, I will make you a great nation. And not Pastor Jim, not Pastor Derek, not Pastor Sean. But he says, I will bless you. I want you to see this. When you move, God has already had something waiting for you. He didn't create the land when you got there. He didn't create the blessing when you showed up. The blessing was already done when you were over at daddy's house and mama's house and over there where God says that you're not supposed to be. Are you with me? I want you to hear me now because some people will move from where God told them to go because they said, I'm not, I'm not connecting with people. 
God says, I will bless you where I call you to go. Somebody's going to catch this because you have your eyes on the wrong thing in church. You got your eyes on the wrong thing in church. And God says, I'm trying to get something through you, not to you, but through you. Are you with me? He says, I will bless you and make your name great. Hmm. See, look, when I'm not at church, most people outside of these walls know me as Shatisha's husband. (laughs) Oh, that's Shatisha's husband. I had someone come to my house to pick up something, and uh, the lady was talking, the wife was, was, uh, was asking me to carry something and do something. And her husband looked up and said, dude, that's that. Hey, he's a pastor. You, that's Pastor Derek. And she had no idea. <laughs> she talked to me so many times during manifesting me and all these other things that we do in the city. And, and I never show up with a title. <laughs> Somebody's going to catch it. Because God never promised he'll make my title great. See, greatness is not found in a job or a title. Greatness is found in your heart. What, what you, are you a lover? Are you someone that's looking to serve? Are you someone that God says, I can pour my grace and mercy through and to, to somebody else? So this person always saw me working and putting my hands to the plow and doing whatever ever my wife told me to do. You know? Amen. So, of course, I'm... Shatisha's husband. But I never get upset or jealous or wanting to shove her out the way off a stage that God may have put her on. I don't care if it's where it manifested me and we're working this, uh, 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 a venue that a thousand women might be in. I have a t-shirt on dripping in sweat, running behind, doing whatever she asked me to do. Whatever Pastor Jim asked me to do, or Mary, I put my hands to the plow and, I, and I'll do it. Are you with me? We, sometimes we think, like Nike made it up, just do it. <laughs> but when we think about it, what did Mary say at the, when Jesus was at a party? They ran out of wine. She said, whatever my son tell you to do, what did she say? Just do it. There's some things God says, this season that you're going into, he's looking for somebody and some people that would just do it. Are Are you with me? You still got your eyes on this? I need you to move up a few seats. See, sometimes the blessing may take a little longer than expected. Sometimes you saw it. That's good enough. I said a couple. I said you didn't move up four seats. He didn't. He didn't took. He didn't took his liberty. Now, are you with me? And, and you know what? Sometimes God doesn't get offended when you do that. He's looking for you to step out in faith. And and, and some people, instead of taking two steps forward, they take four steps back. They start work, working their way back to the door. Are you with me? How many people waiting on the healing? How many people are waiting on something from God to happen? 
And, and you see the promise. You see other people receiving it. You see other people getting it. You see someone else's back getting hurt. I mean, they were hurt and now they're healed. And you're like, man, I'm still hurting in my back. And we move a seat back further. This is not the time to press out. It's time to press in. This is when they call the river that you up here doing the river dance and making all this splashing. Are you, are you with me? My little daughter, bless her heart, one day at worship, she came over here and she just loves you. And she took her cane one time and threw it down on the ground. Do you remember that? And I said, the Lord is telling you, you're about to get out of that, off that cane and start walking. You're about to come into... I'm talking about some identity stuff here now. See, if you can see these things, you, you, don't, you would step out on what God is saying. Are you with me? How many know that when God say he will do something, that's not an option? When he said it, it don't become truth, it's truth. It, it's not, it doesn't start off as a maybe and then it starts to build momentum. It's not a snowball rolling downhill getting bigger. When God said it's already a massive snowball, you just got to get your eyes on what God said. You know, the biggest thing you can see is even small in the vision of God. He's much bigger. He says, my exceeding greatness. Are you with me? That means it exceeds what I think he is. So some, some people got their eye on city transformation. God says, I'm thinking about the whole state of Ohio. I'm thinking about the whole West Coast. I'm thinking about all of the United States of America. I'm thinking about the world. You know, when God looks at the city, he sees the church. You're waiting on a politician to get in office. God said, I'm waiting on the church to get in position. You don't have to wait for election day to get this. He says, you can stand up and have it right now. Are you ready for the word? You can move up another seat. Tell, tell Ken to move over. It's something about when somebody's blocking your blessing. It, it be, you become like a, a basketball. You step in front of them. You, you boxing them out. You're trying to get that position. Are you with me? Some things God said is yours, it might have somebody else sitting on it. Some places he might have for you. That, that he says that you over there talking about there's giants in the land. God didn't say nothing about giants. He just said it's yours. He's already releasing what you need to take care of the giants. What's a giant to somebody that sits high and, and, and the earth is his footstool? Oh, somebody going to get this. Your vision's changing. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. I'm going to show you something. You know, I'm like the best husband. I know you, I know you, I know you ladies got some great husbands, but yeah, I'm the best husband. I'm like so perfect. My, my wife doesn't have no issues out of me. 20 years of marriage and I've been perfect almost 20 years. Am I delusional? Is it just me? I thought that I was so perfect. I think... I never leave the toilet seat up. I never eat her food. I never. 
Is that not how you see it? <laughs> you know, the, the most amazing thing about knowing who you are is, Jim said it before, it's not pr predicated on me performing. God, God is love. Not, not that he loves, he is love. So he's going to be love when I'm messed up. He's not going to diminish love because I'm messed up. He's, the, he's full throttle. He's all the way. He goes hard in the paint. Are you with me? When you have an, a sense of who you are, you shift atmospheres when you come in. I mean, I can leave the toilet seat up and she's not going to diminish her love. I don't anymore, but it was a... It took me a minute to get that together. Mark still does it. I, I see his wife. But, but when, you're, when you have a, a sense of your identity and know who you are, you change atmosphere when you show up. How many people ever heard, oh, man. How many people love working with difficult people? I love it. There's one. I saw your hand back there. I love working with difficult people. I mean, Lord, give me the worst of the worst. That's the one I want. You think God's intimidated by difficult people? When, when you know where sin abound, grace abound even more, when you know where sin is a tyrant, grace is king of that person's life, he steps in a room knowing who he is. He shifts atmosphere when he show up. He can take the worst of the worst, and when he show up, he's fully confident in who he is. I had a young man once tell me, anybody didn't know, we raised almost 50 boys in our house, my wife and I. I mean, we had some diff difficult cookies. They're cookies. They might be stale cookies, <laughs> but they're still cooking. It's the stalest cookie. If you put it in the microwave, it get a little soft. So sometimes you just got to get, Lord, thank you for the cookie. <laughs> yeah. I had this young man. He didn't want anything to do with God. I mean, he hated God. He hated preachers. He hated, I mean, hate, 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 everything. It was like, uh, what's that, uh, the, the green guy? When, uh, the Grinch, when he was saying all the things he hate, I hate you. I hate. This is how this guy would, would sit in a conversation. He'll lo a long list of everything he hate, and everything on that list was me. <laughs> I'm like, does he hate me? <laughs> so this kid, I mean, he was one of the violentest kids you could ever meet. He would punch himself in the nose to keep from punching you in the nose. He was very intimidating, very strong-willed, and, and the Lord showed me some things that were hidden in his heart, and I, and I saw him when everything was peeled off, and I saw the little kid, I saw the king in him that he didn't know was there, and I would share and talk with him, and most of the time, I would talk to him about the Bible. He just didn't know. He didn't know that I was, I was all in the, the Beatitudes while I was talking to him, I didn't go in there and say, well, this is what the Bible says. No, I was a living epistle. I was one that, that was confident in who God is and who God is through me. And when I would talk to him, I wouldn't say, oh, yeah, let me turn to Matthew chapter. I didn't do all that. I just became that to him. So one day we were driving home. He had a busted nose. I picked him up from school, and, and we're talking like we normally do. And he said, 
you know, Mr. Williams, you really get me. And then I just stopped. I said, you know what? I said, you know who else gets you? Jesus. He said, no. What do you mean? I said, all I do is give you the Bible. I don't tell you a scripture, but I just give you scripture. I, I give you the treasure in my heart, how God rightfully sees you and your situation. I said, you love me, but I, really you love Jesus. And then he was like, is that what you do, Mr. Williams? <laughs> and I would show him. Literally, I showed him a conversation we literally just had. And I showed him in the Bible. Jesus, it changed his whole thinking about who Jesus is. So you can deal with difficult stuff if you shift how you deal with difficult stuff. Mm, I shall not be shaken. I shall not be. I shall not be moved. You got to be so confident. Jesus shows up in a, in a in a room full of wolves and not be moved. Think about that. What God can do with you when your husband's acting crazy and acting like he's nuts? You know he was perfect at first. You married him. When his hair was flowing, he had six-pack. Oh, he, oh, he is perfect. <laughs> Guess what? He still has issues, and so do you. That's the beauty I like about this woman over here. There was one time that we got, when we were in Bible college, we finished up with Bible college, and I became like a bum, a spiritual bum. I would sit on the couch and watch sports, and she was on fire. I'm going to church. Let's go. No, I'm not going to church. I'm, the Lakers are about to play. And she said, like, okay. She'd get up, and she'd go on and do what God called her to do. And the cat would get up and leave with her and leave me there watching Lakers, and then the Lakers would lose. So I stay home. I'm not happy. Everyone left me, and she's coming back in the house skipping. I need some of that. You know, if you don't change who God called you to be, you, you can change the atmosphere in your house. She never once changed. And next you know, I, I start turning the TV off. Where are you going? What are you doing, Derek? Oh, we're, we're going to church. She didn't say, uh-huh, I told you. I bet. She didn't go through all that. She just said, okay, let's go. Start the car, and we we off to church, and and she'll tell you, she'll say, you know, man, I grew up in church all my life. I mean, she was a baby thumper in church, like growing up on the pews, running the pews like some of these babies here. Me, I didn't know Jesus until teenage years, late teenage years. Are you with me? And she'll tell you, man, Derek's love and his, his, his hunger for God was like from here all the way over here. Why? What happened? I had a glimpse. I saw who God is in my life. Are you with me? I didn't just hear what she said God is. I didn't hear what pastor said God was. I saw, and you can't, you can't, oh, hold on now, we're going to rewind this. You were talking earlier about what God's going to give you, what you say. Actually, hear me now. If you can't see something, you're not going to get it. You have to see it 
believe it, say it, and receive it. Are you with me? You have to see it. I'm going to show you. Go to Genesis 1. I love Genesis. I wish they put Genesis in the Passion Translation. I can get rid of these these, thus, and thou's. Thus says the Lord. No, 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 no. I love uh, creation. When you look at verse 2, the latter part of verse 2, it says, And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the earth. You mean the Spirit of God was active in creation? He, he, he was already there. He was moving. And there's something that jumped out on each scripture, verse 3, 6, 9, 11, 14, and 20, all started out by saying, and God said, let there be light, verse 14, and God said, let, let the waters bring forth abundance of moving creatures in, uh, in, in, in verse 20. And uh, in verse 11, God said, let the earth Bring forth grass and, and yielding seeds. In verse 9, God said, let uh, the waters under the heavens be gathered together. You notice that God is saying all these things. God didn't wait till these things happen before he said, okay, that's water. Okay. He first received it here, right? It's an idea. He completed it in his head before he spoke it. And when he spoke it, what he saw manifested. Are you with me? He didn't wait till it showed up on the scene and say, oh, that's water. No, he had an idea, and he said, what am I going to create the fish from? Okay, I'm going to use the material, and then what I create the, out of the fish from, it needs the material to survive. Fish can't live without water. Are you with me? Animals can't live without earth. They eat from the earth. Are you with me? Yeah. But when you look at verse number 26, 20, uh, 26, he says, and God said, let us make man in our own image and likeness, which means he pulled us out of who he is. His identity, our identity come from him. Are you with me? Just as animals cannot live without the ground and fish cannot live without the sea, you and I cannot live without his presence. Are you with me? You and I need his presence presence to live we need he took Adam I love God I just so much love him because in all this I need seven guys seven men raised it to come up here and join me two three I see you over here come on I saw your hand too late I saw your hand you, right there seven over down here, right here. There's always there's always one difficult one in the bunch, <laughs> but but I I, I, I love you. <laughs> I'm the difficult. No no no, you're fine. <laughs> okay. Do we count right here? Two, four, six, seven. Okay, these days represent creation. This is one day one. God said. Day two, God said. Day three, God said. Day four, God said. Day five, God said. Oh, look at who God said is very, very lovely. Day six, God made man and said, very good. I saw that kiss too. 
<laughs> and gay seven right here. We get stuck as a church right here in day six. Day six is where God created man. And, and, and we make sermons and messages and we preach seven steps on how to bake man. When God made man on sixth day and finished him. Day seven. Is this the right order? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. What if I told you no for God? Day seven, Bible says, if you read it, he blessed it and sanctified it. Set it apart. Stand right there. He took the man that he created and didn't put him, keep him over here. Come with me. I know you got to let go of your deer. You got to let go of your deer. He blessed day seven and put man over here in seven. This day is set apart, it's blessed, and it's a day of rest. Somebody going to catch this. You've been over here working, trying to do something, and God said you're supposed to be resting in my presence, being everything I call you to be. This is the only day that's been blessed and supernaturally, he said, I finished and I blessed it. What happened on the cross? You can head back over to your husband there. Here, I hold you. Just imagine her over there. What happened on the cross? What did Jesus say on the cross? Do you know it's the same, it's finished that he did in the garden when he said, I finished for my work and I rested for the seven. The rest wasn't for God, the rest was for us. He said, I rested from everything that I had to do that was not right, that was not complete. Everything I said was good or so. There were some days he said it was just so. But we stuck over there and God said, no, you're over here. I put you back from the to the garden. I put you back over here in the place that's sanctified and set apart from trouble and things that aren't complete. And I put you here to rule and reign. I put you here to lead, to be my sons and my daughters. Are you with me? You can head back to your seats. You can move up another seat over there. You can move up another seat over there. Can you do me a favor? Just walk by and look at it. Just walk by and look at this. Yeah. Just walk by and look at it. Are you getting nervous? Come on now, let's be honest now. Sometimes... We see somebody looking at something God said is ours, and we start to get an itchy. Like, you know, then we start praying, Lord, don't let them get it. Don't, Lord, don't. Am I the only one? Lord, you said that's mine. Lord, if it's yours, it's for you. Are you with me? Is God going to lie to you? Matter of fact, God's going to do something right now to you besides this. I want everyone to stretch their hands toward him. Lift your lift, stand up. I met him in my, my revival community. Hallelujah. And he, he said to me, Pastor, I'm a semi-truck driver, and uh, my truck broke down, and that's how I make my money. And every week he still shows up. 
we're going to believe God to, to open up an avenue for you to get you back in your assignment on the earth. But when God releases it to your life, as you meet people, I want you to share your testimony and your faith. It's about the souls you're going to win. Father, I declare right now from the north, south, east, and west that you release the rain over his life. That Demetrius, everything that he desires, everything that, that lines up with your will, that you see, God, that you are doing, that he sees that you are doing, that you will do it in his life in the name of Jesus. That you'll have a semi for his life, that he may continue to offer up the things, the goodness of who you are to those he meet along the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Demetrius, come on up here and get this. On, on, on a bad foot, I command that foot to be healed. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead, man. Look, look. Thank you, Pastor Sean. Do you see that he brought a, a bag with him? He was ready for the blessing. Thank you. Thank Jesus, man. What you're celebrating over his life, God says, I'm about to do in yours. Father, I release it over their life right now. Those that are watching right now, that you're sitting in your house and you're waiting on God to do something that he has promised over your life. It's time for you to get your eyes off of the thing that he has promised and on the promiser of the thing. And as you open your eyes and gaze at what God has for your life, he says, I'm going to pull back the window of heaven. I'm going to open or throw open the windows of heaven over your life. And I'm going to release the thing that's been held up in your life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to share a story. I pray that I remember praying, Father, I want to I know your heart and I want to be one that release your heart. How many want to have the love of the Father? How many want it without measure? Let me share a story with you. I work with boys, girls now. I love girls too. But there was a season that I worked with teenage boys. And some know the story, some don't. Uh, I had a young man that loved Jesus. And I mean, he was one of the most kind, tender people you would ever meet. And I brought him into my house and I raised him up in the things of the Lord. And I just watched him blossom and watched him grow. And then one day, I took him over one of my relatives' house, and uh, I told my relative what to do and how to do and how to supervise him and all that stuff. And this young man, when my relatives drove off to go do something with her husband, this person tried to molest my niece. He tried to touch my niece in the harshest way you can ever imagine. 
I love this young man. Still do. I love my niece. Are you with me? I remember going and, and after I heard what happened, I was driving home with this young man in my car and I was sharing how Jesus feels about him. It wasn't God hates you. God put you on probation. God doesn't want nothing to do with you. Those are things that he thought he would hear from me. But the more I shared the father's heart to him, the more honest he was about the situation. Holding back tears. I'm loving him. It changed our dynamics because he had to go somewhere else. But he never left the position in my heart that I have for him. That moment, God showed me how he loves. I know we sing, oh, how he loves us. Do you really know, oh, how I love you? I remember the, talking to the caseworkers, and they was like, puzzled. We thought you would try to kill him. We didn't know how he was going to ride in your car. The old man would have been back there tearing the seats up and come on now, fathers, mothers. But here I am loving this innocent, precious girl wholeheartedly and loving this precious young man wholeheartedly. So you may have done some bad things, but you're not what you've done. You're who God said you are. God still called him a son. He was looking for any reason for me to disqualify him so he can see that God rejects him. You say you want the father's heart without measures. Come on now. You don't decide when to put a stop sign in. I shared with this loved one's parents, my relative's parents, and she was crying because she felt similar. Then I began to think, wow, this must be how God feels about us, where he can turn the page and look past our failures and our flaws and he can look past all the things. See, we look at sin as categories, baby sin. Then we, oh, that's a big sin. We disqualify it. God says sin is sin. Whether you missed it by two inches or five miles, you still fell short of the glory of God. Are you with me? When he can search all over and couldn't find one righteous, that means I was a part of that unrighteousness. Are you with me? 
So if I missed the mark by a few inches or I done something where I missed it by a mile, we all fall short of the glory of God. I cannot prejudge who to love. I say, God, remove the governor off my heart. I want to love with all my heart. I want to love like you love. I want to see people how you see people. God says, okay. See, he doesn't cause bad things, but bad things happen, and he will still get glory out of bad things with people who stand up and know their identity in God. Are you with me? So when the fall happened in Genesis, God wasn't intimidated. God didn't freak out and wonder what's he going to do now. It's all falling apart now. Adam blaming the woman and me. Did you notice he said, the woman you gave me, God? Man, we always want to blame her. You know, one thing I've learned that God's not going to talk to me about Shetisha. When I stand before him, he's going to talk about, Derek, how did you love her? How did you love your children? How did you love? How did you love? He wants to see how I loved, not listen to my excuses why I didn't love. Are you with me? There's things that some of you may be facing right now in life. People, relationships, stuff that's shaking your faith and shaking what God called you to do and who God called you to be in life. There's some people that say, I don't know if that could have been me, Derek. I know. And I think about that with Jesus, too. I don't know if I could hang on that cross and die for a bunch of people that don't want me. See, there's nothing new under the sun. We can't tell God something he doesn't know. He knows how, to, how it is to die from people that don't want him. Crucify him. I would have called legions down. Lord, take a, take a whole group of angels and tear this place up. That's why we can't. there's only one worthy. We, we just sang it earlier. You're worthy of it all. And I, when I hear those songs, I think about God, everything in my heart, I push it all on the table and say, you're worth all of it. Good, the bad, the great, the lows, you're worth everything. You're worth the pain. Sometimes we want to hold hard onto the pains in our heart. And God said, I'm trying to get you through this pain because I have a promise for you. When my father, oh, hallelujah. When my father, when I were, or, or, when he was alive, he, he, he was violent towards my mother my whole young years. And, and, and I had no great experience with him. And I remember sitting in Bible college hating my father and God talking to me about how I, how I should love my father. He said, Derek, do you love me? Yes, yes, I love you. He said, why don't you love who I love? I'm, I'm like sitting here in the back of the chapel, like, you know, I mean, I love this person, I love this person. Then a picture of my father came to me. You know what happened? Excuses why I shouldn't love him. And I have a vision of Jesus' hands, and he said, I know. He said, I die for him like I die for you. And in the back of that chapel, I began to cry and weep. And I said, Lord, take that pain. I pushed that in when I said, you're worthy of it all. I pushed that into the pot too. You know, before my dad went to glory, God restored our relationship all the way to the beauty of him holding me as a little kid.
He can do what you think is impossible. If you, be, if you do what he believes is possible, you can be a son. You can be a daughter. Jim shared the story last week, if you hear about the, the father carrying the, the lame animal on his back, on his shoulders. I always think about how the father loves as we, we preach the prodigal son, we always have put the vision on the son. But it's really about the father. What we thought was all, we had, that we took our portion and left. But when he came back, the, the father started giving more stuff. It's not about stuff. It's about his heart. How it beats for us. How it longs for us. He didn't wait till the son returned. He went out and met him. He, he said, let me take these last 400 yards and get you. To show you how I love. Some of you right now are taking a turn. You're in church, but you haven't been in his presence. And you're taking that turn in your heart, and Father is going to meet you right at the turn. He's not going to wait till you get to the altar. The moment you say, I'm getting out of this hall pen, I remember how things were at my father's house. I remember how church was, how, how Demetrius got blessed. And he walked up with a lame foot and got healed. All these stories, all these things that we see about God. And you say, well, let me just go back and serve. God says, no, you're going to go back and be a son. See, sons serve out of love. Forced obedience is difficult to maintain. But when you do it out of love, you can do that forever. Amen. You can serve forever if you do it out of love. I never seen somebody that loved what they do and throw the broom down. Are you with me? Right now, everybody's eyes closed, no one looking around. You're going to see. You're going to see everything God dreamed you to be. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. I've already had a destiny for your life. I already called you and ordained you to speak to those that don't have a relationship with me. I called your life to speak. When you show up in a room, I show up and everything in heaven shows up with you. You have all the resources. And you don't have to earn it. You don't have to strive. You don't have to work for it. All you have to do is be, receive my adoption. I want you, if you've been on the fence or away from God, or if you're the one that made that turn, when you open your eyes, I want you to stand to your feet. Open your eyes. If you want full restoration, stand to your feet.
the moment your legs bent to stand, God already released it to your life. I want the ministry team to come down here, and I want those that are standing to come meet them down here, and we're going to pray for you. Don't, don't, don't go sit back down. I want you to stand and come. Today you walk out seeing your full identity. I want you to pray. Father, I thank you for these souls. I thank you for their life. I thank you for their identity. I thank you for full restoration. We seal it now, God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. While they're praying, I know it's kind of hard to transition, but we're going to have Mary and Jim meet us over here. And if you're new here, we would like to meet you over here and meet uh, Mary and Jim. And if your loved one's getting prayed for, just keep believing and praying for them. Amen. We love you guys. We thank you for coming to Zion this week. We'll see you next week.